1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. You picked a great time to listen to Mornings with Tom and Tommy because joining us right now is John Smith Baker. He is an author, a speaker, and founder of Fathers in the Field, and his passion and focus are to help men recapture their divinely assigned roles of pastor, provider, and protector in the home as well as in the church and in society at large. I'm going to gather that we are missing that as well. So, John, first of all, thank you for being here with us on Mornings with Tom and Tobby. Oh, thank you very much for having me. God bless you guys. Well, we are just so anxious to get into this conversation with you, John, because, you know, you say this. I think it is one of those unspoken things that's just underneath the surface. Everybody understands that it's there, but nobody wants to say it. But you do. You believe fatherlessness is the number one societal issue of our time. Talk to us about that. Yes, it is. It's affecting every every facet of our life. We see the destruction all around us and everything from suicide to alcoholism, workaholicism, depression, um, just passivity of, of males, all that stuff. And it is really havoc uh, in a culture. Um, Pastor Greg Laurie says it best. The nation uh, can't survive without the family. And he's so true. Uh, on his remarks, and sadly, we are living now in a fatherless nation. So, over 50% of our nation's children is growing up in a home without their father. Yeah, that is definitely one of those stats that we wish that we could take back, and it comes back to the nuclear family. And I'm seeing the kind of attack on on masculinity as becoming toxic. But yeah. if we do it biblically, the way God has intended, that is a strength that men bring to not only the family, but also to society as well. And, uh, okay, so let me ask you kind of yeah. a two-sided question here john so so what would happen if the problem of fatherlessness continues to not be addressed but is there a solution what happens if we actually get there yeah well it, uh, the vis- uh, men are very visual so maybe your audience is too but uh, if you look at the inner city there's a fatherless rate of 75 percent there and we see the destruction that it's caused there. The visualization of a rundown area, the heartache, all those things, uh, just the advanced uh, amount of abortions, all kinds of things. Our nation is now over 50%, so the delta is less than 25%. So if we want to know what our nation looks like, we just have to look at the inner city. And the government, sadly, uh, made uh, uh, moms uh, dependent on the government instead of fathers. And so... 
The solution really is is for the church to wake up to the issue. Sadly, you know, the church is now experiencing over 50% divorce rate, and those kids are experiencing a fatherhood abandonment. We tend not to think about divorce as that, but when God's plan, perfect plan for marriage is broken, these children know they have a fatherhood wound inside them because the, the hard truth is fathers have to be in the home to fulfill the God-ordained roles of fatherhood, being pastor, provider, and protector. And we're not in the home, then that's when the cup is broken. So you have wet, out of wedlock births, and then you have a high rate of divorce where the fathers aren't present. And we're not talking about love. We're talking about the, the divine fulfillment of God's roles of pastor, provider, and protector. His name is John Smith Baker, and your book is titled, John, Man Enough to Forgive, Healing the Wounds of Fatherhood Abandonment. Now, you just talked about it a little bit, but you've got your own uh, story of personal forgiveness in a journey that happened because of fatherhood abandonment. Can you share a little bit of your story with us? Yes, I, I, my dad took off when he, my mom was pregnant with me, and uh, I knew, you know, from an early age that the cards were stacked against me. I had a hole in my soul that I didn't really know how to fill, so I uh, took the route of uh, being trying to be perfect and, and winning everything, accomplishing everything, so I would feel a sense of worth or value in my life instead of a, a garbage that was thrown out. And sadly, about 15% of these people become like me, these boys, these girls, they come ultra uh, um, competitive, ultra success oriented. And what happens is they end up uh, abandoning their kids to divorce because they put their, themselves and their careers ahead. The other 85% rebel against this situation and they're the ones causing so much havoc, uh, visual havoc in society with crime and destruction. So really it all comes down to um, God's ordained plan is perfect, and there's got to be a way to restore because God always is a God of restoration. And really, when I was saved at 40 years old, God impressed upon me that I needed to forgive my earthly father for abandoning his role in my life. He walked out. And see what happens, fathers, children believe that this is the unforgivable sin. So they carry this unrepentant sin around in them, and it, and it just festers deep inside them and it manifests itself in so many different ways. Wow. Um, thank you so much for just sharing that. And then coming to faith later in life for you, that statistically doesn't happen. And then also, well, I was just about to ask you about where did this title come from, Man Enough to Forgive? But truly, forgiveness is the, the one key that we don't really talk about as men, but it's powerful when it comes to overcoming those things that are stacked against us. Yes. Listen, God makes it very clear in his word that unforgiveness is a sin. Unforgiveness is a sin. And it's a completely different topic than reconciliation. So I hope your audience hears me. We're not talking about reconciliation. We're talking about forgiveness. And so it's key. And what happens is for believers, you know, forgiveness is a mark of their salvation, of their conversion. Forgiveness is a, a key mark. So yeah, believers are commanded to forgive, and if they're not, that should bring great concern to them. For unbelievers, forgiveness is, a, is what it's necessary, obviously, uh, to understand that we're rotten sinners and we need a Savior. So forgiveness is key, and the God's Word makes it clear if, if we do not forgive, our Heavenly Father will not forgive us. And so it's a profound statement several times in the Bible that we better take serious as believers. 
This is Mornings with Tom and Tavi in a conversation with a good friend. His name is John Smith Baker. He's written a book called Man Enough to Forgive, Healing the Wounds of Fatherhood Abandonment. Thank you so much, John, for being here with us to talk about this very important issue. Oh, thanks for having me. It's awesome. Now, John, as you are outlining this and kind of like showing how we can actually overcome this, use a very interesting illustration. I'd love for you to unpack it for us. You use a compass. Talk to us about that. Yes, God just kind of illuminated that to me that uh, when we're writing the curriculum, we tra- what we do is translate the gospel into father's boy language so the mentor fathers can have a good conversation concerning this fatherhood abandonment wound. But putting the compass into uh, a, a, a visualization so these boys can understand it, where N means never fatherless, and East is eternal home, and South is saved by the Son, and West is wisdom of the Father. So all the things, all the discussion points these mentor fathers need to have with these fatherless boys. So it's just really a good structure and a great reminder, and it encompasses perfectly because obviously it, it moves quote, in an invisible fashion, and always points north. So we really try and help that there is a God and that uh, it is true north uh, when you think of God. Oh, yeah, that is truly a beautiful picture of how um, it can look in the father relationship and especially in this issue of fatherhood abandonment. Now, you talk a lot about forgiveness, but one of the things that you talk about is the scope and the process of biblical forgiveness. You mean it's not just like I say it once and everything's all better now? I mean, there's a process to this? (laughs) Walk me through it, John. Yeah. Well, it's great. Well, first of all, we're talking to believers. So first of all, you have to realize forgiveness is a command. Secondly, once you realize it's a command, secondly, you have to really honestly evaluate. The Bible calls it examine yourself. Have you forgiven what you think are the unforgivable sins? There's obviously only one unforgivable sin, and that's unbelief in Christ. But these hurts, these scars of this world need to be forgiven. And what happens is unforgiveness is a sin. If it's unrepented, basically you are an injured reserve. You are out of the kingdom battle because God can't use you if you have unrepented sin in you. So it's it, broken fellowship with the Heavenly Father is profound, and it has a lot of consequences. They grieve the Holy Spirit. He may not hear your prayers, but basically you're an injured reserve. So listen, in our country, let's make no mistake about it. The barbarians are at the gate. We need every healthy, restored Christian at the gate. And if you're on the sidelines through unforgiveness, first thing you have to understand is you recognize you forgive. You need to forgive. And secondly, if you say, well, I just can't, well, now you know what to pray. So prayer is the second point. You need to pray for the Holy Spirit's help to help you forgive what you believe is an unforgivable sin. And thirdly, you need to make it official. You need to declare it. You need to put it in writing. And, and we can talk about that later in the segment, but we need to put it in writing. We call it the forgiveness letter. And you need to share it with your mentor, your pastor, your wife, your husband, or whatever. But you need those three steps are critical in this battle of unforgiveness. Well, I love that, that you're talking about. First of all, you use the image of being on injured reserve. We hear that a lot, you know, since we're coming to the end of our football season. We know that there are people that are on the sidelines who want to be in the game, but just can't because they're injured. And it's interesting that unforgiveness and unrepented heart is actually what knocks us out of the game. But we don't have to go under the tent and have somebody else look at us. 
God's already done that for us. It, it starts with forgiveness, goes to repentance. And I love the idea that you actually write it down to make an anchor for this is what I've already done. So talk to me about that because you've got some curriculum that goes with this book. But the last thing you ask people to do is to write a letter of forgiveness. Talk about that. Yes. Well, you know, again, we deal with men most of the time and men are stubborn beings. <laughs> And I ask men all the time because our defense mechanism, they say, well, we've moved on all these buzzwords. We've moved on. It's okay. You know, it made the man I am today. But those don't answer the key questions. So the book, Man Enough to Forgive, we confront this. All that's great, kind of. But have you forgiven him? It's a yes or no question. If you don't say yes immediately and understand and you don't carry that burden, that festering wound along, then praise God. But what we have found is that's just not true. The, this wound is still controlling your behavior, your actions, and your emotions. And you have to understand that it can be healed. Forgiveness is the very first step of healing. And now listen, it doesn't mean you're not going to have a scar and you're not going to bump into it. But the emotion should be sadness, not anger, bitterness, unforgiveness. And that's the transition. That's the healing. Listen, all believers are going to go through life and have scars. But listen, we have to understand we're supposed to emulate our Savior, Christ Jesus, on that cross. Forgive them, Father. We need to forgive those that have wounded us deeply, what we believe is the unforgivable sin. And it all starts with prayer and acknowledging that, yes, forgiveness is necessary, commanded. And when you're not doing it, you're not following Christ's example, it is sin. And God takes sin very seriously. Yeah. Uh, John, let me ask you this, because you are writing this specifically towards men, and I couldn't agree more wholeheartedly than I do right now. But um, uh, many of our listeners are women. So let me just ask, as we're closing up our time together, what can women learn, actually, from reading through this book? It's the same thing. It's just written in a, a man's language. So it's direct, hard-hitting to get through our thick skulls and uh, repeat it in several different ways. And just so it, it makes it very clear. So it gets rid of all the excuses. Listen, we can make excuses all day long why we don't want to forgive somebody. And same goes for women. Women have to forgive as well. So technically, you could you could overwrite the title and call you know woman enough to forgive because the same thing applies. My sister, who was, you know, abandoned as well, uh, faced so many different hardships, you know, growing up uh, without a father as well. So I totally get it. And what, what I'd like to say is, listen, men, I want to encourage you. You get beat up all the time. But here's the truth. Men are the problem, but men are the solution in our culture and in this kingdom battle. God gave you a special divine role. And listen to me, world. You probably get some emails on this masculinity is a gift to the world. It's a gift to women, it's a gift to men, it's a gift to your family, it's a gift to your children, it's a gift to your community, and it's a gift to our nation. Don't believe the lies. Satan wants to destroy men because God gave them special roles, pastor, provider, and protector. Don't believe the lies. Sadly, even the church is starting to destroy men because all of a sudden women pastors the last you know decade or two are starting to prop up. Pastor, provider, and protector of the roles of men. Men, 
because you've been hurt or shamed or even fatherless, there is redemption and healing. Don't let that hold you back from being the man God intended you to be. The barbarians are at the gate. We need you at the gate, men.